This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. Heading into spring, I've been spending a lot of time pondering, analyzing, and debating something extremely important to men, and even many women, and that's whether a new driver would improve my golf game. I would say I'm somewhere between embarrassing and appalling at golf, but man, do I love it. And all my buddies show up with these epic flash, big Maverick birther drivers, and I can't help but feel like they've got this massive advantage on me and my persimmons. It's Ryan, and at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're proud to have a pretty special advantage ourselves, and one that can be a big deal for you. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company uses its own money and makes its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman, and this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We're much better at mortgages than I am at golf. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed Mortgage Banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Welcome to the Becoming Well podcast, the podcast that explores the intersection of faith and mental health. On this episode of Becoming Well, we are going to be talking about peace and more specifically, what is disrupting your peace and how do we deal with that? So I got to, I got to tell you something, Mary, this is a bit of an embarrassing confession, but um, I, I read through the Bible every year. This is something my dad did and he instilled this in me. And so I think I'm in my third or fourth year reading through the Bible I haven't been doing it for long, obviously, but I follow this this reading plan that has you reading both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Right. And so this morning, I got up to read my my readings, and um, it was it was uh, you know the it, the Old Testament. It was um, Chronicles and Sam First Samuel and psalms and then i was reading in john in the new testament mm. and i looked at usually it's one book of the old testament a verse from psalm and one one book from the new testament right okay and i got annoyed why because it was it's so too- much reading <laughs> and here's the thing i kid you not in my mind this is so embarrassing i thought this guy or girl that put together this reading list like, what were they thinking? I don't have time. They don't have anything better to do. Yeah. This is so This is so disruptive. This is too much reading for today. I don't have time to do this. And I was annoyed at somebody, A, I don't even know, and B, thinking, like, they purposefully made too much reading. It was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. Like, do they not know that I have a certain amount of time set aside to read my Bible in the morning because then I got to get ready and I got to head into work and things are piling up. It's the end of the semester. I, I was it. legit annoyed at strangers. <laughs> love it. And then, you know, God. Right. Sense of humor. Isn't he so... Or maybe he just constantly has not be correcting. This was the verse, one of the verses in the New Testament that I read today. John 14, 27. Mm-hmm. It's so convicting as I'm reading right now. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Mm. Now, now here's the, the additional irony is I just spoke to a church on this passage (laughs) 
over the weekend. <laughs> and I was, and I thought, shoot, I think this is this is God speaking to me. Right, right. Because yeah. I was legitimately, I mean, if I really thought about it, I was thinking that these strange people I don't know <laughs> were disrupting my peace because of how many Bible verses they were making me read this morning. <laughs> They were disrupting your peace as you were reading about peace. (laughs) And then I thought, because I have created this mindset Mm. of what peace looks like that isn't actually peace with a capital P. It was Mm. peace of my own agenda, my own commitments Mm -hmm. or overcommitments, my Mm -hmm. time, what I thought was right and wrong in terms of, you know, how I was going to spend my hour in the morning, my 30 minutes in the morning, Mm -hmm. what I needed to get done during the day, what my priorities were. And if any of those things were pushed out of whack, Mm -hmm. uh, in my head, it was like a domino being toppled over. So the whole whole thing was going down. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I legit thought peace was. And then I read this verse, and I spoke on this over the weekend, and I realized, Deb, you have a completely misguided understanding of what peace is, and Mm. that is driving all of these decisions in your life that are causing you to feel a bit rocked right now. Mm. So understanding peace, for me, has been tricky. Yeah. It has been a, a thing where I feel as if my peace has been predicated on external or secular values. Totally. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And we, we our mind is funny. We, 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 do you remember Tricks, the cereal? Oh, yeah. Tricks are for kids. Tricks are for kids, right? <laughs> and we play, you know, Silly Rabbit, Tricks are for kids. And that was me. You know, that is me sometimes where that is so erroneous because I'll start thinking in my head and having all these tricks going on in my head as to why this will bring me peace. Yes. <laughs> it's it's opposite of the word, first of all. <laughs> it conflicts yes. with the word of God, you know, but I think, well, if I do this, if I succeed in this, mm-hmm. there, then I will be happy. Therefore, I will have peace. Yes. And that is there's there's that's furthest from the truth when yeah. we're coming from the word of God. Yeah, we we make peace. I I completely hear what you're saying because again, it resonates exactly what was going on in my head this morning. We equate peace with like a state of being, right? An emotional state of being, contentment, calm, all these things that you know we we argue in our minds unconsciously and consciously are synonymous with peace. And so if I feel any opposite to that emotion, mm-hmm. something's disrupting my peace mm-hmm. and I need to go after it and change it mm-hmm. or argue somebody else into seeing my perspective. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. It's it, we, we have fill in the blank what we think is the the the. The upper echelon, the accomplishment, whatever it is, you know, that's going to get us to peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, and once I just mm-hmm. finish this degree, then I will be at peace. Once mm-hmm. I get this number in my bank account, then I will be at peace. Mm-hmm. Once I achieve this relationship status, then I will be at peace. Mm-hmm. And, or once I achieve for me balance in my commitments, then I will be at peace. And, you know, I don't know about you, but. We've both walked this earth for close to the same amount of years, mm-hmm. <laughs> which shall remain nameless um, or unidentified. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've realized, A, 
my to-do list is never going to be done. Right. Like one thing gets checked off and six things get added. Yes. My to-do list is never going to be done. Yes. And so when I have this mindset of once everything is checked off the list and I find balance, then I'll be at peace. Mm. Well, then I'm constantly in this state of turmoil. Yep. You know, I, I, I'll talk about it like being in a in a snow globe that's that's shooken up and I'm just kind of flailing around all right. over the place, as is everything around me. Yeah. Because I've got a misguided sense of peace. And the assumption is that peace is external. Yes. Right? Based on my circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I love that you said that because I've learned long enough, you know, I've been here long enough to learn that um, things are always going to be there. Yeah. And they're in, like you said, it's not a state. So, for example, the reason why I started thinking about this is because I um, got promoted, right? Ah, congrats. Thank you. But this is what shook me. Mm. I was talking to my therapist and he said, oh, congratulations. I was like, oh, thank you. And it wasn't even part of my story, right? I was telling some story and he said, you know, I would be remiss if I did not mention your response to... My congratulations to you. Hmm. And I said, okay, so what did you observe, Mr. Therapist, sir? <laughs> always so good at that. And yes. And kind of annoying. Why can't you just miss the small details? Right. Can't, can't you just be bad at your job sometimes right, right. when it benefits me? <laughs> and he noticed that I just didn't sound ex- Excited about it, you know, and it wasn't a thing that I sounded, um, you know, forlorn or negative or anything like that. But it just wasn't a thing to me. And so we ended up, you know, un, you know, you know, unpacking the reason why I didn't sound ecstatic about it is I said, you know, I don't know if that's important to me, but I feel conflicted because I think it should be. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it should be. I work hard. I did this. I did that. And I don't know about you. When I finished my doctorate, I felt like, okay, now what? Yeah. It was kind of like. It's a climactic. Six years of my life. Right. Now what? Other than the loans. I know. Other than loans. (laughs) You know, and so I think for me, and so one thing that we talked about, he said, why is it not okay that that's not a big deal to you? Mm. That's what's disrupting your peace, that you don't find it's okay that it's not a big deal to you. You feel like it has to be because everyone else said that's what's going to bring you peace. You bought into that. Yeah. And I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, that's the world's peace, right? I mean, that's the essence of that verse. It's like, I think you're right. I think accomplishment is a big one. Mm -hmm. And and we can fill in the blank for whatever that accomplishment is. Mm -hmm. And we think... When I get to that point, mm-hmm. A, it'll bring me peace, but also B, until I'm to that point, nothing will bring me peace. Right. Oh, I love that. Keep going. I love that. I feel like I need to sit with that for I a know. second. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? Well, okay, because I'm thinking about, all right, so if that is truly how we function, and I really think it is, then mm-hmm. I think we have to go back to the question of do we have an accurate definition and application of what peace really is because if if god's word if jesus says my peace i leave with you my peace i give to you mm-hmm. what does that peace look like mm. you know because i think okay well if we're looking especially now mm-hmm. i mean how many times have you seen or heard or maybe even experienced i've been in this boat my family's kind of on all different spectrums of 
political ideals and, mm-hmm. you know, how, how the world navigates and all those kind of things. And, you know, especially with social media and text messaging mm-hmm. and forms of communication that don't require us to be in person, right. which is so important because when we're in person, I think there's an element of hopefully at least minor care and concern right. for the well-being of the other. But when you get on to, you know, an electronic device and communicate, people just take a lot more liberties because sure. they don't see firsthand how their words can harm other people. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think about we equate peace to a lack of disagreement, mm. right? And I think that motivates okay. a lot of people fighting and forcing their way into these conversations and not being able to let things go. Because if you don't agree with me at the end of the day, we're not at peace and I can't function because I'm all dysregulated internally. So I'm going to push and I'm going to force and I'm going to argue my position until you back down and agree with me so then I can be at peace. Wow. See, that is so... This pause, that pause was real. This is so deep because then that goes back to our identity and how we see ourselves. You said this at some point, maybe in a previous podcast, how that threatens who we are if other people do not agree with us, right? Can can we be at peace? Can peace coexist with disagreement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If peace is not static and it's not an, a, a, a destination, and you just don't arrive and all of a sudden you're just at peace for the rest of your life, then we have to start learning to live with these seemingly contradicting things. Yeah. Being at peace in a chaotic world or even in a relationship that seems conflicting, right? So how do we, I mean, maybe we shouldn't get to the how right now, but I think that's the idea of that is true peace. Yeah. Not the external and not saying it's the opposite of or it's the the absence of, right? Yeah. Because then we won't, like yeah. you said. You know, I am a parent of a teenager. And <laughs> <laughs> nothing will rob your peace more, I feel oh, like, is how we need to introduce that. That statement. is exactly how you should introduce it. And it's so interesting because when you're young when the when the your children are young, you can you feel like you can mold them into anything because mm-hmm. they they don't know better, right? They don't have the cognitive capacity to, you know, you know they can throw tantrums and all that, but they rely on you heavily. Yeah, you start getting the preteen and the teenage years; they are their own person. They are not an extension of you. They are an individual. And one of the lies that I was led to believe (laughs) from the world is that they are an extension of me and I can mold them till the end of time. Now, I can I can influence them to a certain extent. I can be the best that I can be so I can model things for them. But they are individuals. And what I was led to believe is that if my child turns out the way that I wanted her to turn out, then that will that will allow me to be at peace. Yeah. Then I will be happy. If my child ends up the way that I want her to end up and and not just end up that way, being a, you know, a a lover of God and being the next, you know, president of the United States, you know, whatever it is. But she needs to live it out the exact way that I need her to live it out. And that will help me be at peace. And that that's 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 
a lie. <laughs> and yep. that is fruitless. Yep. And I will never be at peace until the day I die. This is so true. You know, and so to be able to, I bought into that lie that it's my responsibility to provide peace, not only for my family, but for myself. And it's all interconnected. Mm. And if it doesn't lay out the way that I do it, I did something wrong. Therefore, like you said earlier, I have to go out and fix this so I can be at peace. Yeah. And we start scrambling hard oh, to my make goodness. that happen. To make that happen. And that's why, you know, I find myself projecting onto my child. I start reacting in ways that are so inconsistent that, with who uh, who God is. And it's trying to please the world. My daughter, um, and this is a little bit of transparency. She probably wouldn't mind that I said this. So my daughter is her dad and myself uh, 50-50. I mean, she's a fiery kid. And there's some a lot of gentleness about her as well. And there's a lot of emotional, there's a big emotional piece about her as well. But she is a boss warrior, right? She just is just this kid that's, you know, she told me from an early age, well, mom, you know, that's just, I don't think like you, you know? <laughs> that's um, all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about oh, that. That really probably so, disrupted your piece. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Especially because I'm a whole different type of, I was a whole different type of kid, right? And so... She um, she wanted a nose ring. Ooh. And I grew up in a space where my personality is not a nose ring kind of personality, right? <laughs> I don't think anything's wrong with it, by the way, but it's not. And um, she gave me a, a, a great presentation as to why and that we're not the same person. And it really disrupted my peace. And, but, but what I realized that it wasn't anything rational. It was what will people say? Yep. Yep. Why are you doing, why are you asking this? How come you're not asking to go to like Bible school or something? <laughs> You know, and it just really shook my core over something that if I look back when I was 16, no, I didn't want a nose ring, but I'm sure I asked my mom about some crazy stuff, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And my daughter has challenged me in so many levels where she is. She she now has a nose ring. Um, That's another that's another conversation (laughs) in terms of rebelliousness. But it disrupted me to a point where I think it was way beyond the circumstance, the situation. Yeah, yeah. And I had to check myself is that there is annoyance. There is no, I don't want you to get at this because of this, but just really feeling as this, why would she want that? Yeah. Well, and I think you, you kind of touched on something that I would imagine a lot of people navigate, and I have it in my own circumstances. It's what will people think of me mm-hmm. as a parent? How mm-hmm. does this reflect on me mm-hmm. as a parent? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that drives a lot of our yes. decisions and our behavior more than we realize. What yes. will this make people think of me as a boss, as a mm-hmm. sister, as a wife, as mm-hmm. a friend, as a Christian, mm-hmm. when we're not going first to God and, and saying, all right, God, these are the circumstances in front of me. Mm-hmm. What would you have me do? Right. What best reflects and glorifies you? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where it's like, and that we predicate that on our peace. Yeah. If everyone's pleased with me, then I got peace. Then I have peace. Yeah. I'm good. Until the next person I feel isn't pleased with me. Right. Which probably happens all the, the time. time. So right. we are never at peace. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's such a great 
example. It's such a great example because I, I think there are a lot of people that can relate to that on different levels. There are children making decisions that they wouldn't have made as parents or that they believe reflect something about them. Mm-hmm. Or even something that maybe they don't they don't equate it back to their parenting and what others are going to think of them in that way. But maybe it's just that their child is making such painful decisions for their own lives mm-hmm. that they can't be in this commitment to peace mm-hmm. because I, you know, I, I can't let go of the reality that that God has you. I can't let go. Like, I can't yeah. let go of my need to make sure you're at peace yeah, and believe that God has you. And and I'm not a parent. I've, you know, you know my story. Some, I've, I I raised my sister for a season of my life and, and my brother as well. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I've got enough of a taste sure. of parenting. Sure. But at the same time, I've never been a parent. So I know, I can only imagine how difficult it would be in it's, a circumstance like that. And it it is. It's one of those things, like you said, it is the toughest job that I've ever been, you know, um, given. You know, however, it it allows me to see how much I don't rely on God mm-hmm. and how much I need to rely on God and how much I know that he is the only one that's going to be able to bring me peace. Because it is. It's kind of like, like you said, sometimes I make decisions and it's kind of like if you see your child running in front of a Mack truck, you're just going to run out and save them. Right. You're not going to think anything of it. Yeah. But there is a there is a an enormous amount of faith that has to be built to be a parent because that is the ultimate, um, you know, I don't know if you ever watched, you know, like I said, I have a kid, uh, Dora the Explorer, and I don't know if you remember Swiper. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> right? I remember Swiper, Swiper no, no swiping. Right? <laughs> and that's how I constantly feel with my daughter, Swiper, no swiping, <laughs> devil, no swiping, you know? <laughs> and so I'm always on edge. And that's not the way, we've, we've learned that's the way we care for our kid, and that's passion, and it is, but that is not the way that God wants us to, to uh, care for our kid. He wants us to, you know, he, you know, be in perfect peace. Yeah. Right. But we have to keep our minds stayed on him. Yep. Right. And that is the hardest thing that I think for me, where it's that, you know, uh, understanding that peace cannot come from, you know, navigating my circumstances or putting them in the correct pieces. Um, and I have to say this real quick. So I got my hair done on, um, I don't know, the day after I got cleared for COVID, it looks like amazing, the next day. I love Thank it. You. Yeah, I haven't seen it long enough. Thank time. you. I know. I loved it. I love it. And, you know, once I got cleared, you know, and fully back in the 80s and stuff. But anyway, um, I was talking to my, you know, uh, with black hairdressers, pretty much your best friend by the end of the day because you're there for so long, yeah. right? I, you may not know them from a can of paint when you walk in, but they're your best friends after because <laughs> you're there so long. So we were talking and I was telling her the same story that I told you about my daughter, Amaya, and she said, I love your daughter. Oh. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm unburdening myself about how my daughter went behind my back and got her nose pierced. Right? Oh, That's a whole different story. Your, oh, yeah. That's a whole different story. But she she didn't say she loved my daughter because of that. But what she said was she was just like, your daughter... That's how she's expressing herself. That's I want you, even though there are things that we can think about why she should or shouldn't do it, she is she has to learn to live as well. Mm. She needs her own testimony as well. That doesn't mean that you cannot be a model for your child, but it does not make you the boss and the the ruler over her. Yeah. Right. And the fact that she 
And she did. She she was like, Mom, I want to get it because of this and because of this and because of this. And to be honest with you, she had a really <laughs> she had a really good argument. Future lawyer. She had a really good argument. I, I didn't buy it, but it was a really <laughs> good argument because she thought it out. And that's what she was saying. She was just like, let's just look at the deeper levels that she thought it out. And she actually thought it based on what she feels and what she wanted to project and how that might look in the future. And even though we think of that as rebelliousness, and that's the thing I'm thinking, she thought of it like, look at it as a standard for it is it's part of growing so that she can have her own testimony and understand how to rely on God and how to rely and, and, and deal with her consequences. So I've never looked at it that way. Right. Yeah. I was at in like internally furious. And it really, at that moment, kind of brought me peace. Like, wow, like she looked at my daughter as this beautiful girl who is just going through teenage years. And I looked at it as, oh, my gosh, I'm going to look like a bad parent. I'm going to look like this. And she was just like, this is a beautiful little girl that's exploring Mm. the fact that she went to you, the fact that she had this, you know, you know, okay, yes, the end result was not good and there were consequences to that, but she weighed those, you know, and she looked at them. So just that understanding of looking at what gives us peace versus what gives us like this, it keeps us with this internal chaos and conflict. Yeah. Well, and I think your experience completely captures how we navigate those circumstances. And that's, you had somebody share with you a different perspective and you were open and receptive to that. Mm. I mean, your daughter shared with you her position mm-hmm. and you said she made a great argument. It didn't convince you, but mm-hmm. you were able to hear and see that. But then your hairdresser mm-hmm. offered her perspective and you were able to see and hear that. And I and I think that's a huge part of peace in a way. Mm. It's not, you didn't come to the same consensus. Mm-hmm. I, it sounds to me like if you were... If you had it your way, she would she not, not have, have had it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I think about, okay, so if we step back and we ask ourselves the question, if peace isn't a state of being per se, if it's not, you know, achieving this this particular state of being, this mindset, this external circumstance, this emotional, you know, calmness, what is it really? Mm. And I think about, you know, the Bible talks about peace, All the time. All the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I think that's most consistent when peace is described in the Bible is a sense of love and loyalty to God Mm. and to one another. Mm -hmm. That's that's what God calls peace. Because I think we could look at Jesus' life— and we could say, he was not one who was absent of conflict. He right. created a lot of conflict. <laughs> right. right. And he evoked a lot of emotions that we might consider unpleasant. And yet he's the God of peace. Absolutely. Yeah. And he can't contradict himself. Right. So if we think about peace in the context of love and loyalty to God, then when we're in these circumstances and situations that disrupt our emotions, right? Because what, what were you feeling right. when, when she got the nose ring? Right. Anger. Anger. Mm-hmm. Disappointment. Disappointment, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And so as you have those emotions, as we navigate these circumstances where we have these emotions arising within us that are uncomfortable and disruptive, mm-hmm. we can ask ourselves the question, how do I demonstrate love and loyalty to God and much like Matthew says, you know, in the greatest commandments, love your love your Lord your God, then love your neighbor yeah, as yourself. So, mm-hmm. How do I then demonstrate love and loyalty to myself and others in this mm. circumstance? Because that's my commitment to peace. Yeah. So being at so so it's a journey. It's a it, it's an intentional. Um, it's intentionality. Yeah. When we're talking about peace. Yeah. 
right? Rather than I am going to get there and once I'm there, it's all gravy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And the only way to get there is everybody else agreeing with me. Right. I think that's really... And the circumstances have to be exactly the way I want them to be. And that's the hard part about it is, is that there, that's the second layer to that. The circumstances that we want it to be oftentimes aren't even bred out of, um, they're not bred oftentimes out of godly intentions. Yeah. Or even sometimes our choices, right? Right. Because the whole circumstance you're talking about, you didn't choose that. Mm-mm. It was a consequence that splashed onto you by someone else's choices. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think you're right. We have godly circumstances, a lack of godly circumstances. We have our choices versus other people's. There's a lot of things stealing our peace. Well, how do we... There there are a lot of things if stealing our peace. we look at it from the worldly standpoint. Absolutely. And yeah. we do. And we do. And we do. And we, like I said, tricks are for kids. We will do mind... We will do some acrobats and tricks and, and mind tricks to, to back bends, you know, yes. cartwheels, round offs. Everything to convince ourselves that we're justified by behaving in a way that you can that, you know, was motivated out. It wasn't motivated out of peace. Right. Right. Because it's righteous and it's this and it's that in our head, which I'm not going to minimize that or take that away because that needs to be present as well. You know, there, you know, that understanding that some things need to be said and it may seem chaotic. However, are we justifying that and making it seem as if this is why I'm not going to exercise peace? This is why there's no peace, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What are we, how are we looking at peace and how it plays into our lives? And what are we sacrificing for it? And what excuses are we making as to why we don't have it? Yes. And I think, What comes to mind for me is I keep giving other people responsibility for my peace. Mm. You know, it comes back to what I was sharing at the start of the podcast. I got so annoyed this morning by these two (laughs) anonymous authors for creating a a Bible study reading plan that did not fit in your 30 minutes. My 30 minutes. They were not considerate of my schedule. I was giving them responsibility for my peace. Yeah. And, oh, that's right? good. And we and and we do that. I mean, I think about how come my boss gave me this extra work? Do mm-hmm. they not know everything I have on my plate already? Mm-hmm. They're disrupting my peace. Mm-hmm. How come this person cut me off on the freeway mm-hmm. and almost caused me to spill my coffee all over myself when I slammed on my brakes? Mm-hmm. Did they not see me? They're disrupting my peace. Yes. We give it to everyone else and we make it their responsibility to get to create peace for our lives or to change mm. their way of functioning and right. their way of coming to me and their way of doing things to create peace in my lives. And, you know, to That's be totally great. honest, I'm not thinking about let's use students, for example, because we're in the we're in the throes <laughs> of grading. Yes. It's going to take a miracle to get it done. And these kids are waiting on us. And we're going to start getting emails. Like, yes. Where's my grade? And yes. then I start getting annoyed because I think they're disrupting my peace. Right. And we're disrupting their peace <laughs> right? because they want their grace. Yeah. <laughs> and that last piece, mm-hmm. I, I think that last piece, ha, huh? peace, peace. <laughs> um, the English language is hard, man. It is. But that last that last point is exactly what I was trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Is in all honesty, 
we're not thinking about how we're, we're disrupting their peace. We're not thinking about how we're disrupting their peace. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not thinking about who needs what grade when in order to get the class finished, in order to get the diploma and all that kind of stuff. I'm just looking at my own schedule. Right. And thinking, I don't have time for this. Right. How can they just, just selfish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if I'm not thinking about their piece, guaranteed when they email me and say, hey, professor, when are you going to post the grades for this class? They're not thinking about my piece Right, right. We got to stop giving other people responsibility for our piece. And that still goes, I think there is just this constant theme that I love with our podcast, every time we talk about a subject, is that idea of understanding or the the practice, not even idea, the practice of being um, open to understanding others and their humanness. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and allowing ourselves to say there is another person opposite of me that should be valued. And should be understood, or at least I can give them that space to be able to be understood, especially since I desire that same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You talk about how you you, you counsel cu- couples quite often. Right. That's in, And I'm, I've been married 20 years this past December and made 20 years. And I can tell you, which is crazy, but I am, you know, part of a half, you know, and um, my I often will go in wanting to be understood. Mm hmm. I want to I go in wanting to be, you know, someone who, you know, people take in take my schedule in consideration, take my state of being at the time in consideration. I'm tired, you know, and oftentimes I will find that I'm not caring what Craig is feeling at that moment. I'm tired. I was at work all day. I was doing this. I was doing that. I have to take a mind to practice. I have to take a mind to this, right? And luckily, we have that that relationship with Craig. Is like, okay, well, are you done? Because my list is next. <laughs> right? Thank you. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, well, technically, you know. And 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 what what something showed me. Craig got surgery um, uh, about a month ago, and I had to become a lot. Mm. More than I am, right? So not just a mom, kind of his caretaker at a certain level and taking care of the responsibilities that we typically, that he does, right? Whether it's taking out the trash and doing all these things and driving a mile an hour away and all of these different things. And my piece was completely interrupted. It was disrupted, right? Because (laughs) I usually, it exploded because I usually go, I have a plan to say, okay, I need to chill. I need to be able to do this. And one thing that I found was um, I didn't take Craig's lack of peace in his pain. I knew he was in pain, you know, on a cognitive level. Yeah. And I, I cared about that, but not at the moment. It's kind of like, like you said, like how, man, I have to, all these things to do. I, I can't do it all. And I'm complaining, but this man is in pain. Yeah. He had to do, sur- you know, have surgery. And I didn't I didn't consider that his piece was interrupted. Right. He couldn't sleep at night. He's tossing and turning. He's, you know, taking meds or whatever it is and didn't even think of that. Right. And that's even within a loving relationship with my husband. How much more do we take for granted or that we're so selfish about how we are being interrupted and how our peace is being interrupted with people we don't even have those type of relationships with, you know. And so we have to be really thoughtful about that. Yeah, I think you said something that really struck with me that I'm taking away from this podcast, and that is your agenda was disrupted Mm -hmm. 
this morning when I was reading my Bible, my agenda was disrupted. Mm. And I equated that to a disruption of my peace. Mm. And yet, as you mentioned with Craig, and as I think about, you know, other circumstances, working with clients, my commitment at work, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those kind of things, you needed to take on his perspective and consider his feelings. And so I think about when we go back to if peace is love and loyalty to God, Mm. if we make it kind of, we boil it down to that, and then love and loyalty to ourselves mm. and others, because I believe when when Jesus says the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, we have to we know love how to ourselves, love ourselves. Yeah, right? <laughs> we've got to be able to do that, right? So I think about okay, if I were to put into place in your circumstances. What does love and loyalty look like to God, myself, and to the other in this situation, Craig, mm. in order to main, maintain peace? Well, okay, God, you you have brought me this person. Mm-hmm. And there is an honor and a commitment in marriage mm-hmm. and care. And so even though my agenda is disrupted, I'm going to choose to look at the circumstances as a way to commit to peace by being loving and loyal to my husband, which is ultimately love and loyalty to God. Yes. Right? Yes. But I also think there's a circumstance of recognizing love and loyalty to yourself that, hey, it probably was frustrating and overwhelming. Mm. And that's a reality of your experience. And so acknowledging that, maybe there wasn't anything, you know, over that period of time you could really do because he'd had surgery and you guys are a partnership and you have a family and you have commitments and, and there were things that you needed to take on. And you could still acknowledge and validate your feelings in the midst of that. And I think that's the element of a commitment to peace. It's not denying your own experience. It's not prioritizing your experience over the experience of others. It's not ignoring the experience of others. And it's not negating our commitment to God. It's taking all those things into consideration, but prioritizing peace, love, and loyalty in all circumstances. Man, mic drop. Mic drop. That was beautifully said. Beautiful. Like, I am processing that right now. I'm kind of processing it, too, in all honesty. Yeah. We'll call that a Holy Spirit moment. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. So, so we all, I, I think this is a theme we've been doing, Deb. So, for us, what... What can we take away in terms of us practicing this first? Like for you and I. Yeah. Like how can we So you you said something great, because Craig is, you know, like he's he's still recovering, but I, I love that you use my example. Thank you, because now I got free counseling. <laughs> hey, remember like a couple of podcasts back, you put me on the hot speed hot seat. Is this is my payback? Oh, there you go. No, I'm there just you kidding. Kidding. <laughs> we just switch. We just switch it up. I love it. But that is that idea of that. It's kind of like trifecta, you know, where it's God, others, and myself, yeah. right? Where And it's not, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit where, you know, one cannot function without the other, but they're unique within themselves. Mm-hmm. But one relies on the other, right? Where, you know, so if I'm making sure that I'm connected with God and loving him wholeheartedly and be that, that then— allows me to do that or vice versa allows me to do that, you know, for my husband. But I think the important piece that you said is it doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves beneath or above anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And negate ourselves, right? It doesn't mean we have to sweep ourselves under the rug. So what if we just decided 
to do a little experiment mm-hmm. and say, okay, um, I'm going to place this question, which I believe is what defines peace in many ways. Mm-hmm. I'm going to place this question at the forefront of my decision making when I feel like my peace is disrupted, okay. which I'm, you know, I think based on our examples, and I think our audience can relate to this, is when our agendas are hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Because we have a lot on our plates. Yes. You and I both. This is not something new for us to, to talk about. Right. And so when our agendas are hijacked, like I said at the beginning, it feels like dominoes are falling mm-hmm. down, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when my agenda is hijacked, I'm going to put this question at the forefront of my mind. How can I demonstrate love and loyalty to God myself and others Mm. in the midst of this because i believe that's what peace is love and loyalty to god myself and others yeah how can i demonstrate love and loyalty to god myself and others i love that we're gonna have that's an experiment and then and then really be open enough to see you know how we respond to that yeah and or even our internal responses yeah, to that. Because we're going to feel, there's going to be discomfort in that. I mean, sure. again, as as you were sharing in your circumstance, there, there was frustration. There was discouragement. There was overwhelmingness. So, mm-hmm. you know, as we think through these experiences, it's okay mm-hmm. to have those emotions. Because, again, if we move away from seeing peace exclusively as a state of being, then we can allow those emotions to exist and still be at peace. Yes. Yes, they can coexist. They have to. They have to. Right? Or are we going to be overthrown <laughs> by our emotions? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I love that. We got a solution. And I think probably what's going to happen is we're going to have to have another podcast. To tell our results. To tell our results. <laughs> I love a that. A good experiment always reveals the results in discussion. Right? Yes. Awesome. I love this. Thank you so much, Deb. Um and listeners, thank you so much for listening to us today. And you can listen to us on our different outlets at Becoming Well Podcast. Podcast.org. Please help me, Deb. And Caleb is going to delete this because I never know where to go. And Deb's going to end where we're going to go. Okay, wait. What no, is it got, again? It's... Okay. Thank you so much, listeners, for enduring us today. And <laughs> we always and put everybody through a therapy session. We do, you know, and I thank you so much. You guys are so great. So um, please uh, listen to us at becomingwell.org. And we no. are also on, uh, no, <laughs> becoming podcast. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. It. This okay. is what I'm going to do because I ain't got time to be doing all this. Oh, yeah. Just hit up social media. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today and um, being with us and while we learn about ourselves and who God is. (laughs) This is basically our therapy they're just listening to. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Please go to our social media, Instagram, and there should be a link there in terms of where you can find our uh, future podcast or our previous podcast as well. Deb is very good about letting us know where else (laughs) we can be found. Yes, Instagram, Becoming Well Podcast. And you'll find the link to our website, becomingwellpodcast.org. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms. And hey, you know what? Leave us a review. We would love yes. your feedback. Um, five stars, please, please, please. And anything that you want us to talk about in future episodes, we love your feedback and we take that to heart, right? Man? Yes, absolutely. And do not be afraid. You know, some things that uh, people are afraid to talk about. Deb and I, we we will tackle, we'll even if there. it's uncomfortable. We will go there. And that leads me to segue into her book. 
<laughs> embracing the uncomfortable. Don't forget to check that out because it's dope. And it is from our great Dr. Deb Gordon. Oh, shucks. I'll see you next time. All right. Have a good one.